Welcome to The Future of Journalism, a podcast from the Reuters Institute for the Study of Journalism. I'm Mira Selva, Director of the Fellowship Programme. This is a podcast that began with a workshop on how women consume news and how to construct a form of journalism that works for them as well as for men. And what it turned into is a look at what people are willing to pay for online, on what kind of storytelling convinces a reader to stay on the webpage and ideally to subscribe. Because as our two guests today found, the type of content and type of storytelling that we tend to assume works with female audiences, in fact, works with everyone. With me today are the Swedish journalist Evelyn Jones, who works on the premium desk at Dagens Nyheter, Sweden's biggest morning paper, and Jenny Kangasniemi, who is a producer for the lifestyle department of Helsingin Sanomat, Finland's leading newspaper. Evelyn and Jenny are both also journalist fellows here at the Reuters Institute. Thank you both for being with us today. Thank you for having us. Thank you, it's a pleasure. Jenny, let me start with you. Tell me a bit about Helsingin Sanomat and what you've been doing with lifestyle features there. So um, I originally worked for uh, solely for lifestyle magazines at Finland's biggest media company, Sanoma, and a year ago, what happened was that uh, five of Sanoma's uh, lifestyle magazines were merged into Helsingin Sanomat. So about a year, for a year now, I have worked for, for the lifestyle department of Helsingin Sanomat, but we still also have these print, print magazines. And I, I mainly specialized in specializing health and wellness content. So what we do is that we write content, we still write and produce content for, for the print magazines, but we publish that material uh, in, in Helsingin Sanomat website. So it has a digital, um, digital platform there. And how's it been pre- performing online? It has been performing extremely well. We have uh, noticed that uh, when we take this, um, these stories from the, the print magazine content uh, to the online premium paywall um, platform online, to the online uh, newspaper context, the online news media context, it, it works and performs extremely well. And um, there has been and still is clearly a big demand for this type of content, uh, type of content that kind of goes behind the breaking news headlines and asks how how is this relevant to my life? <laughs> because um, we could like um, often often lifestyle journalism is more about what's relevant to me, what's uh, what's relevant to my my own life. So it goes kind of uh, deeper and it's uh, often a bit more like personal. And you're finding that people are willing to pay, click on subscribe to pay for that. Yes, they have, and uh, I- they still are clearly. And is that men or women or both? I don't have the clear um, analytics about how the gender is distributed between topics, but um, it is more gender neutral. So what we have found is that both men and women find the content more relevant, whereas in the original uh, lifestyle magazine context, it's more clearly targeted at women. Um, I think most of the lifestyle magazines in, in Finland are still heavily marketed at women. There's often a, a woman in cover uh, and so on, but it attracts more uh, more men and more women in, in online news context, which is interesting. And why do you think that might be? You, you've talked a bit about features relating to mental health and to being judged by your physical appearance and the idea that men might not necessarily buy a magazine 
about uh, to read about this, but would be willing to click on an article about it online? It's a very interesting question, and uh, there's. I think there are many reasons for that. And one is that uh, I think uh, it's it's the image and the kind of uh, prejudices that people might have about lifestyle lifestyle magazines, life, lifestyle journalism. Um, men might think that this this content is not made for them. This is kind of an old old dichotomy between kind of male and female genres. But um, the online news context is more gender neutral in a way. So there is not a Woman on the covers. There's, there's necessarily nothing necessarily that says this is this is for for a woman. So so you might just click on the the headline and think, oh, this sounds interesting. And you, you might not even think about who this is for. So what what has been happening is that we have really been starting to sh see a shift in how how we think about these kind of gender boundaries, and often they have become uh, unnecessarily altogether. Thank you very much. Evelyn, turning to you, you've got an absolutely brilliant job actually on the premium desk, really focusing on finding out what, make, what makes people click, as it were, what they're willing to pay for. What have you found that people do pay for at Dagens Nieta? And were you surprised? I, um, I think what, like what Jenny was saying, that a lifestyle um, has really been upvalued in our newspaper since we started with a paywall um, like paywall writing for paywall because um well it because before we didn't have the numbers i guess so you didn't know like how much people wrote about uh, or read about lifestyle things and also being like a a big newspaper maybe it wasn't it wasn't what what a big newspaper in sweden would would necessarily be known for but then we found that people really are interested in these kind of things but also everything that is quality journalism like and, and goes beyond breaking news so also like Jenny was saying but in in, in all different aspects that people really want to know um, the context of things um, more than just breaking even though that's obviously an important thing as well but just like that that the longer stories and the quality journalism that we hoped would be what what works is actually what does work. That's really good to hear. And what kind of format in terms of um, visuals? Do you find that visuals or graphics are Im more important or as important as text? What, what works there? Definitely important, really important. Like we work a lot with um, with how how we lay out our articles online um, so that it's just like you do with a print newspaper that you really care about format, especially if it's something, if it's a bigger story or something you've worked on. And we found that it's, it's equally important online um, both just to make people like want to read the whole story they don't want, want just text they definitely want like photos graphics everything like that really really adds to the experience which I guess is true when you think about how you how, how I consume news as well if I'm going to read a long story I want the all the different aspects that I would want in a newspaper and you mentioned you used a really nice phrase, um, the upvaluing of lifestyle journalism. How has that played out in the newsroom? Do you find that lifestyle journalists or the journalists who produce that kind of content have a different status to the one they have before? Because as you said, that we didn't have the data and now we do. And has uh, that I think, really changed the hierarchies in newsrooms? Uh, I think definitely it has, uh, like, it, it's made lifestyle journalism be more seen um, on, on the website and um and and like more prioritized in how we work and how 
um, yeah, what we write about and and just like how what what things are seen on our on our first page on the on the website because we like people now know in the newsroom that people really want that and also that it is quality and important things that people care about, not just something we kind of have to do. How about you, Jenny? Yes, um, I, I agree with everyone, like complete, like, and even before the lifestyle magazines came in a year ago, um, Helsinki Sanomat had uh, done lifestyle content for, for many years. So when we came, the biggest difference was that there was now more workforce and more brain power and also kind of more possibilities. But um, the readers and also other journalists, I feel like, were already used to the fact that Helsinki Sanomat is doing lifestyle content as well. And it was already highly valued. And we felt that we were very warmly welcomed. And also because, because it had already been proved that um, this, this works in the news environment as well. So, yeah. Thank you. Evelyn, you, you work on the premium desk and part of this is absolutely about building a relationship with your readers to understand what they want and how to keep them engaged. Can you talk a little bit about where you think the trends are going with that? How do you build trust? How are you maintaining these relationships with readers? Um, I think we, we we really have to work on not just making people want to, like people want want quality and they want to know what they get, I think. So it's a lot about um, keeping people. Like you can't just have a good headline and people click and uh, and get a paywall and then they ha- they have to always be like satisfied with what they get um so i think that makes it important for us to like keep keep doing the the kind of stories that we know that people like keep holding like a really good quality and um like measuring how how long people read the different articles what they what what they're interested in next and things like that um in order so that the people who are actually subscribing really feel happy about what they're subscribing to and do you think lifestyle journalism in particular adds a different dimension to this relationship mm. um i think the important thing the, the really important thing with lifestyle journalism when it's also from a from a from a source that people trust usually is that they really have to if if you're saying that uh, if you read this article you will know these things when you're done you really have to answer those questions so it's a lot a lot is about keeping keeping the like making the reader satisfied that they actually found the information that they really wanted and it wasn't just like a you know a click uh, headline to make people think that they would learn things because it's also like lifestyle things are really really important topics it's not something to take lightly as Jenny also was saying it's a lot about like how do you make your life better or how do you you know or or illnesses or people stuff health the stuff that people are interested in and and that are important for them to get the correct information about so it is really important work that needs to be taken seriously and which yeah we do and I want to talk a bit about kind of reporting, especially this year, um, reporting of COVID-19 and the pandemic and the social impacts of this. What has your newspapers, both of you, your pol- policies been on what information do you paywall and what do you make free? And what, again, has been the response from your readers? Maybe we start with um, you, Jenny. Um, so 
Um, in, I, I believe it was uh, in the middle of the first wave in, in spring in Finland um, that we decided to make all of the COVID-related content free. And the response was extremely good. I think that was a public service for people, but also it was a way because um, a lifestyle department also did kind of a lot of COVID reporting in spring, especially. Um, it was also a good way for many new readers to get to know what we are doing and kind of open up that that content that would have been behind a paywall in normal circumstances. So yeah, that the, the response we got was was very good. Evelyn? Yeah, we had a similar um, similar approach that this was such an important like crisis that people needed to get all the information. Uh, so we also opened up um, the whole the whole of the COVID um, reporting um, to everyone, and then then we've shifted a bit like on what is going to be paywalled and not. But it, it's been a very like important discussion about the fact that people really need to get information, and it has to be for everyone in this moment in time. And how gendered again do you think the reception of your reporting has been i mean i don't know how much data you can give about what's the breakdown of your readers by men and women and i'd be interested to know how that fits on desks by different desks on, co- on co- you mean on covid 19 on covid on politics on, on public policy it's hard well, I, to tell. yeah it's yeah. really hard to tell i know that we've had like uh, a lot of like uh, a lot of readers and a lot more readers than usual but i don't i don't know the actual breakdown of uh, men and women yeah me, me neither but what covid reporting and health reporting in general is very interesting because it sits kind of right at that intersection of this policy shaping hard news that is traditionally viewed as more like male male content and these more uh, so-called soft stories even though i don't necessarily like like this uh, um adjective myself but, but yeah it's, it's been really interesting but but i don't know specifically um the, the gender distribution of our audience yeah but i think that's what i was trying to make because I, I i also don't like this idea of hard and soft reporting because it is all news and i think what i was trying to say in this podcast which is worth highlighting is that different types of storytelling, different types of content, different types of stories written by different kinds of people play out incredibly well online and bring in, you know, create a idea and an environment of energy and innovation that appeals to both readers, men and women, both sets of readers, I think men and women. So thank you both for your time on that. Thank you very much for your contributions. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Our guest today was Swedish journalist Evelyn Jones and Finnish producer Yannick Angus Niemi, who are both journalist fellows at the Reuters Institute. Make sure to follow our podcast channel on Spotify or Apple Podcasts so you don't miss the next episode. And if you don't want to miss any news from the Institute, subscribe to our weekly newsletter by clicking the link on our Twitter bio or on our homepage. Thank you for listening to The Future of Journalism. I'm Mira Selva. We'll be back soon. Mm-hmm.